We actually shared last week on the, on the lines of love. Actually, the love is the way to um, prosperity. Not, it doesn't take you away from prosperity. You don't have to let go of it, but that, it'll actually take you there if your heart's in the right place. But he shared about that with the offering, you know, about if you get your eyes in the right place. Jesus said, seek ye first the kingdom, and all these things will follow after. Um, but you don't, it, it's not something where you're letting go of the, the core basis is love. And so, um, I'm going to talk. I'm going to go. I'm going to go to the next step here, and it's going to be about that. That love uh, does, is not easily angered. I, you know, how many have read the the thirteenth chapter of Corinthians? You know, you're familiar. You're familiar with what love is, and sometimes we can just read through that, and it's been so much fun to not just read through it, but to just take everything about love and l- look at it like we're seeing love for the first time. It's kind of good to do with your wife once in a while too. Just, just see her like it's the first time ever. That's so much fun. Yes. Okay. But so going into this next year, what we talked about last week is that that love is going to be the way that's going to take us to the prosperity that God desires for us. Just like Zach said, God wants us to be blessed. He doesn't want us to. He doesn't want the blessing to become our God though, and that's the issue that we need to really. That's why, we, man, when we're worshiping like this morning, my heart is waiting for you. You have to be desperate in seeking him. And then he's going to take you to a place where the prosperity isn't limited to money. It's, it's every part of your life. It's your, it's your mind. It's your peace. Everything about you. So it's necessary, though, going into this next year for us to be in, in the right mindset. And you know what's really helped me, just talking about love itself, it takes your focus off of yourself, which is required for love. It, it, love is, is the losing of yourself for the sake of somebody else. And uh, in the process of doing that, it puts you in a different expectation mode. That I'm not worried about, you know how perfect love casts out fear? Perfect love will cast out fear to where, to where it's, you're not afraid of anything because you're not even concerned about yourself anymore. If you're not thinking about yourself, you can be expecting the best all the time. And this is necessary if you go to a, if you go to a secular, motivational thing. Where we set our minds on ahead of time will make the way for where we can go. My wife gave me this this little, uh, and I wish I'd, I didn't get the picture up. It's a it's a little old, ninety two year old lady, and, and uh, just a little story about this lady, ninety two years old. Let me just read this to you because it, man, it's inspiring to me. Everything about our our next year is going to have to be based upon an expectancy in God that affects our emotions and everything about us. Okay, ninety two year old petite well-poised and proud lady who is fully dressed each morning by eight o'clock with her hair fashionably coiffed and makeup perfectly applied even though she is legally blind moving to a nursing home today her husband of 70 years recently passed away making the move necessary after many hours of waiting patiently in the lobby of the nursing home she smiled sweetly when told her room was ready. As she maneuvered her walker to the elevator, I provided a visual description of her tiny room, including the eyelet sheets, 
that had been hung on her windows. I love it, she stated with enthusiasm, of an eight-year-old having just been presented with a new puppy. Don't you like this? Mrs. Jones, you haven't seen the room. Just wait. That doesn't have anything to do with it, she replied. I know I should be doing voices, but... Happiness is something you decide on ahead of time. Whether I like my room or not doesn't depend on how the furniture is arranged. It's how I arrange my mind. I already decided to love it. It's a decision I make every morning when I wake up. I have a choice. I can spend the day in bed recounting the difficulty I have with the parts of my body that no longer work or get out of bed and be thankful for the ones that do. Each day is a gift. And as long as my eyes open, I'll focus on the new day and all the happy memories I've stored away just for this time in my life. She went on to explain, old age is like a bank account. You withdraw from what you put in. So my advice to you would be to deposit a lot of happiness in the bank account of memories. Thank you for your part in filling my memory bank. I'm still depositing. And with a smile, she said, Remember the five simple rules to be happy. Free your heart from hatred. Free your mind from worries. Live simply. Give more. And expect less. And of course, we would say trust in God. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. With all your mind and your neighbor as yourself, right? Isn't that inspiring, though? And uh, this is the opportunity we have every day in God. This is a new year, and we can say, okay, now I'm going to make some changes. It's good to go ahead and make some changes, but boy, these changes need to be things that we're hanging on to daily, right? That are going to take us to a new place in Him. So I'm going to go ahead and get into where I told you I was going to. Um, and let me pray before we do. I just really desire that this not just be my voice that is heard today, but it's the voice of God to your heart. And I know that if we open up the word, it will be. Father, we just come to you. Lord, we've, we've been able to worship you through music this morning, but we just thank you for the opportunity that we have now to receive from the word that you gave through your prophets so long ago and through those who actually got to, to see your face and hear your voice. And just as if you were, there was no time difference right now, you're speaking to us from your word. We desire to be affected by it today. Lord, we desire for everything that Jesus came to do for us to be accomplished in our lives. And we recognize that the opening of your word today will open up light into our hearts that will make it possible for that to take place. And we ask that. Uh, God, I ask, I ask that you would open my eyes as I share, that you would open up the ears of each hearer, that they would be anointed to hear your heart in Jesus' name. Amen. So, so we got started a long time ago when we got started on love calling it, and the winner is, if you're going through 1 Corinthians, it says, and there is knowledge, and there is tongues, and there's all these other kinds of things. But the winner is love, right? There's faith, hope, and love, and love is the winner. And actually, love is the key to winning in any area of your life. 
It goes on to say that you can have all these kinds of things, and if you don't have love, you're just a sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal. You're not worth anything, right? So every element about love is going to be something that is going to bring success into our life if we actually apply it right. Amen? So what we're going to look at today is, is in the uh, fifth verse of 1 Corinthians, but I, I want to just touch on this first because this is the heart that we have in, in opening up about love. Ephesians 3, 17, that Christ may dwell in our hearts by faith. I'm so glad that, that Jesus came for everybody, but you know whose hearts he abides in? Are the ones that believe, that receive by faith. And that ye being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. That's a pretty good thing to get, isn't it? And it all comes through being rooted and grounded in love. Okay. Galatians 5, 13. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. So we're going to talk about anger today. And it's interesting as we've been going through as we've been going through each element, many of the ones that preceded this said there is none of this in love. Right? There's none of this in love until we get to anger. And it's like, so there's a little bit of wishy-washy stuff here with anger? <laughs> How many have ever gotten angry? You know... Certain nationalities, you're expected to be angry, to have a hot temper, right? I'm a German, so I think Germans are supposed to have hot tempers, quick tempers, right? <laughs> it's actually built into part of our nature, and what we're going to look at is that it is something that we will have, but it has to be dealt with correctly, or else it can bring love in our life to its demise. It can destroy it. You know, I, I've, I've thought about it this way. Um, whenever you think about anger, it's something that you observe, isn't it? It's not just something that's in... It, can be, it starts in the heart, and we're going to get to that. But where it becomes destructive is when you observe it right it can be something that is said it can be something that is done have you ever slammed a door i've slammed a door before right something more is being said than just that you're angry there's there's a relationship thing that's taken place that is being stated in an action does this make sense it can actually be nothing where you would have had a conversation, now you are not going to have a conversation. 
because you are angry, right? That can be just as destructive too, can't it? Something has taken place in a relationship realm, in, a, in, a, in, a, in your own emotions, your own state of mind, when there's a demonstration of anger, right? All right, so I've got, I've got three different translations of this. 1 Corinthians 3, 5 in the NIV. It's not easily angered. Now, I looked at some, some uh, commentaries on this, and they were saying, well, how can it just not be easily angered? And we'll talk about this briefly. It's not touchy or fretful or resentful. That's the woman's version of it. That's how she, that, that she got that from observing her husband. No, okay. Or the message, it doesn't fly off the handle. These are all things that are observed, aren't they? Okay. All right. Thayer's definition of this is to make sharp, sharpen, to stimulate, to spur on, to urge, to irritate, to provoke, arouse to anger, to scorn, despise, provoke, make angry, to exasperate, to burn with anger. It's when you got on my last nerve. And I'm going I have the right now to do something about it. Something I, I just want to point out is that any time there's anger taking place, observed it in, these, in this definition, it's coming from something that was already there. Does this make sense? It's provoking an irritation that was... Have, have, have you ever known somebody that you just can't get them mad? You know? That's me. I, that's my confession for this year. You can't, you can't get me angry, especially after this sermon, right? <laughs> but like, like one A here, to stimulate, to spur on, to urge. Have you had anybody that just got you there real quick? They know your button, and they like to push it. And here's the reason why they can push that is because it's not something that is just happening to, to you you actually rehearse it a little bit on the inside yourself. It's kind of what you're saying to yourself about your situation that begins to affect your state of mind. And it's actually your heart also. You'll say things that you wouldn't have said because you're provoked. It's their fault they provoked me. Right? Okay. But what happens every time that takes place? Again, like I said, there's a, there's a wall put up to love. When you're slamming a door, when you're shouting something, when you're having just, when you're silent, can love take place? Can you even be thinking about that other person or what they need? Is that possible then? Not really. Because you put yourself in the position of judge. I've judged you as worthy of my fit of anger. All right. Let's just all say, this is for me today. <laughs> this, is, this is for me. On whatever level it is, I know, I know I'm speaking to people on different levels with regard to this, but all of us have to deal with anger, do we not? And how it's going to be coming out of us. Now, 
Jesus is pretty, pretty serious about this. But he did not want to say Hellcat this morning. And I just said it. And I, I repent. I'm not going to say that again. No, I'm just kidding. But Jesus said there's a consequence for not listening to the heart of this. Of this message today. That anger is not something that is compatible with love when it has to do with somebody that needs to be loved by us. I'll put it that way because we're, we're going to get to some, something else here in just a minute. But Matthew 5.22. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to a brother or sister, Raka, is answerable to the court. And anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of the fire of hell. What are the two commandments we have? To love the Lord, to love each other, right? What happens when you're angry? You cannot love. In fact, you're in a position of hurting the one you're supposed to be caring for. Is that right? Now, these are things that are natural in our, in our, in our being. They're, they're the human nature. They're actually part of the old nature. How many know that we've... <laughs> In Christ, old things are passed away and everything has become new in Him? This has to be a part of it. It doesn't matter, it doesn't matter what somebody has done to us. There's never a qualification for a response, for an observation, for a word said that is not encouraging. Right? Jesus says it's, it's pretty important. I thought, I thought grace just covered everything. Well, Jesus is pretty serious about this love stuff. He says you can't be angry. Anger and love do not go along with each other. You know, people, people are getting divorced at record numbers in churches. And they call it irreconcilable differences, right? How is there an irreconcilable difference? That's when something that you do angers me to the point that I can't live any longer with you. Right? There's, there's times, you know, when, there, when there's uh, physical abuse or things like that, where I'm sure it's acceptable. But a lot of times it's just, you know what? You make me mad. That's, that's probably the most of it. You make me mad. But let's look at this. Psalm 7, 11. So, so this is something that is part of our, our nature we do get from God. God is a righteous judge, judge, a God who displays his wrath every day. So I want to get on the other side of it real quick to kind of let us understand that, that anger is not something that we need to try to just completely get away from, but it is something that we're told is not going to be a display of love in the right situation. So I was trying to think, what kind of a situation can I identify with God? I'll tell you what, I hate fire ants. Anybody hate fire ants? You ever get bit by a fire ant? What do you do? Oh, you make me so mad. Where are you from? I see that hill over there that you're from. We're going to kill all your relatives too. <laughs> Pour some gas on it, and we're going to 
when I first moved to Texas, I came from Colorado. We never had fire ants up there. And it's like, I, 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 I was helping my sister, and I stuck my, you know how you can stick your hand like on a, on a pot of a plant or something? And your hands cover before you have a chance to, to run away, you know, because they get you. There is evil that we can be angry about. There is evil that we can, we can have a response to. There's an evil that we can shout something at. We shout grace to the mountain, right? There's a, there's a necessary side to us to start to identify the anger that is compatible with God, right? God judges. His wrath is displayed all the time. But there's also a verse that says, vengeance is mine. I will repay. That's why we're supposed to love our enemies. Do good to those who harmfully treat us. How is that going to take place? It's not going to just take place when when we decide to stop it. It's a matter of the heart. That's where all these different elements that are that, that we're, we're, we're receiving about what le- love is and, and we're letting the childish ways that were us before Christ be put away. That's so that this is possible. That, that we don't have to just be angry. You know something else that happens with anger is, is, is the, the try to manipulate somebody. And I think you really have to be careful with this with kids. If you do that, that's going to make me mad. God doesn't ever say that. Doesn't. But it can be a manipulation. We can do that in relationships with a, a spouse, too. We can say, I'm mad at you. You need to change that. Or, or, you know what I mean? Now, they might need to change that, <laughs> but it shouldn't be because you're mad at them or you're treating them a certain way. Right? Anger should never be a bludgeon. No. Okay, a couple of other a couple other examples. You know, Saul before he got went off the, the deep end and went and did some things he shouldn't have done. There was a story, I don't know if you remember this or not, the, the uh Jabesh Gilead was a place where the the uh Ammonites came and they attacked it and they surrounded it and they were gonna they were gonna destroy him and they said, uh, we're gonna yield ourselves to you the people of Jabesh Gilead said, we're going to yield ourselves to you. And they said, okay, we'll do that. But if, you're, if, if we're not going to kill you, we're going to poke out all of your eyes. I think it was just the right eye. You remember the story? I know. It's like some of these stories, I don't really remember them all. They came and told Saul, King Saul. I thought this was interesting. This is anger. This is anger for something that was threatening his brothers and his sisters. It was fire ants. Right? And when Saul heard their words, what happened? The Spirit of God came powerfully upon him, and he burned with anger. So there has to be some kind of reconciliation, doesn't there? We're not supposed to be angry, and yet there is a place for anger. But where is that place? It's always against evil. Now we can say, well, this person in my life is evil. 
<laughs> That's not for us. That's where vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Let me take care of that. What are we supposed to do? We're supposed to take, begin to take care of things in our heart where, where mercy and grace aren't just things that we receive. They will shut down the ability to be anger, angry. Right? We begin, instead of just saying, okay, I'm not going to be angry. I'm so angry. And you know what happens when you do that? You dig, do get that last nerve. And I'm telling you what, pictures fall off the wall when you slam that door. Because you've just been bottling it up within yourself. But when it's, when it's that same spirit that will give you the, the righteous indignation that's given you the spirit of peace and the spirit of rest where nobody, we're going to get to this on the next element where nobody can upset you. Didn't Jesus have some opportunities on the way to the cross? What if he had flown off the handle? But what was he doing? He was walking in love. And love prohibited anger at the time that it was necessary. So, there are some places for it. So, Psalm 30, though, it, it, this, don't you like this, this passage? His anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may, may stay for the night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. So I was thinking about it this way. How many know that, that uh, with the Lord, a thousand years is a day and a day is a thousand years? I don't think that's an actual mathematical equation. I think it's more just the way God looks at stuff. And when he, his anger lasts a moment... It's not something that, that we're supposed to say, okay, then I can have it for a while. No, with him, it's, a, it's going quick. We're taking care of it, and then we're getting on to the favor side. And this is where God wants to take us, to where we're following in his path. We're fo it's like last week we were talking about, we follow in the way of love, right? So what is it about anger? We saw in the definition that when it becomes displayed, it's been prodded along. It's been encouraged. It's been poked. It's been prodded. It's been provoked. So it's been there. It's been there for a while. The best way for anger to not be displayed is for it to die quick. It gets displayed when it's been around for a while. See, it says this anger only lasts for a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Amen? Don't you like this? James 1.19, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. You know, we've been established in righteousness in Christ. We are the righteousness of God in Christ. But what does that mean? 
it's, it's everything about love. It's demonstrated in love. It's the righteousness of God. We, we talked about last week, the righteous cause. Now, him that favors my righteous cause, let them continually say, let the Lord be blessed. Who has favor. Amen. Proverbs 16, 32. He that is slow to anger is better than the mighty. And he that ruleth his spirit than he that taketh a city. So back in the context of winning in 2019. How many opportunities are made possible in the will of God, in the righteousness of God, in the things that God has made possible for us? How many opportunities would pass us by if we're in a position of anger? He that ruleth his spirit than he that taketh a city. That means that if you can get to the place where your spirit is controlled by the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit never leads us into anger. Amen? Not something that, that's responding to somebody else. And, no, to fire ants and to, to, to evil spirits, yes. Amen? But the Holy Spirit will never do that to somebody in our life that's been placed there for us to love. Anybody in our body, we don't start pulling off our fingers because they're not working right or something. We don't bite and devour each other. No. We care for each other. And in that, it's, there's more success than somebody that takes a whole city. Isn't that cool? Proverbs 14, 29. Whoever is patient has great understanding. But one who is quick-tempered displays folly. But the quick-tempered display folly. You might have had somebody driving up to, with a suitcase full of blessing for you, however you want to define that blessing. Just at the moment you are in, in displaying quick-tempered folly. Right? I want to think this way. I want to be prepared. I want to be like that little old lady coming in through this whole year. I'm going to say, God, this is the day you've made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in you. And nobody's going to take that from me because every time anger is a response in our life and folly is displayed from us, it's the removal of a position for blessing. We've, we've lost out on it, right? We're not patient. There's the element of time that needs to be dealt with when it comes to anger. Remember how they, they say, just count to ten? That can help. But if we're communing with the one that's counting all the time for us, <laughs> right? <laughs> If we're receiving of his mercy all the time, Ephesians 4.26, in your anger, so there is a place for anger, in your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down 
while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. Okay, again, is it just about the sun going down? Or is it just not letting an irritation, a frustration, any of those things reside? Have, have you ever just shut them down before? And, and, and you, you try to even remember what it is? It's wonderful when that happens. Because it's the things that eat on the inside of you that, that will take you to a display of anger. Those are hurting you. They're hurting you. They're destroying you, and they're destroying your ability to love. Amen? That's why it says, and do not give the devil a foothold. What is the devil, what does he do? He comes around to steal and to kill and destroy. And sometimes when we think of that, we think he's trying to steal our dog. He's trying to steal our house. He's trying to steal. You know what he wants to steal more than anything else? Is your peace and your love. He wants to steal your ability to represent God's love to somebody in the world around you. He wants to steal that. We talked about last week how it, when you get in, in the right position financially to where your motive is not to, to just receive but to actually be able to give. That when you get to that place where it's it's coming from an overflow and you're and you're able, somebody's believing God for something and and they and, and they they say, God, I it's like like us in the last month. We 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 were able to receive, and when I did, it's like, thank you, God. It came from somebody, but I received it from God. God wants to bless through us. To be that vessel that He can blessed through that, that somebody's crying out for people are crying out for salvation around us if we're demonstrating anger there's no demonstration of his love there's no way for them to receive of it that's why love anger has to die fast man what is that uh, what's that what's that ant killer stuff it, it it just doesn't kill them fast that's why i like to fire that's why i like gasoline you know you can see them pouring out of there real fast, you know, and you're just killing them right away. That Andorra stuff, or whatever you call it, Andro, that, that, that stuff works better because it goes down and kills the, oh, you don't think it works too well? Oh, well, there you go. See, you need, you need gasoline. Yeah, go back to the gasoline. <laughs> All right, so, so see here, this is a good illustration. We don't need anger that dies slow. We need it to die fast. Right? Put some gas on that anger. All right. Is that good? And what are you doing when every time you do that? This is something that I, I think, God, help us with this. Help us to know that our anger isn't just us. It's not our identity. It's not me being German. It's not, it's not somebody else's fault. It's all inside of me. Amen? It's not how you arrange the furniture. It's how you step into the room and how you, you, what you're going to take with you when you go. Amen? And you have everything to do with whether or not that changes or not. Every time anger is a display, it did not come from God unless you're chasing demons. Right? 
If it has to do with some other human being, I'm sorry. That's why I kind of have a hard time with these cage fights. You know these cage fights where they just get in there and they just fight each other for no reason? It's like, what do you call it? WW? UFC? Well, I don't either. And it's a part of the problem. It's like, man, I'd have to be pretty mad at somebody. It'd have to be, it'd have to be They'd have to be doing something to my wife or, you know, I'd have to wait for them to come up and whisper something in my ear about what their intentions are or something. Then I could get mad. Then I could, then I could go for it. Oh, they do. That's, so that's what they do. They make up stuff like that, I guess, don't they? <laughs> uh, the weapons are, of our warfare aren't carnal, but they're mighty through God through the pulling down of strongholds. Uh, but if we're pulling down each other, we're not pulling down strongholds. If, if, we're, if we're biting and devouring each other, the enemy has no, there's no way. You know what we're doing? I, I heard this recently. It's really hard to have authority over an enemy that you're yielding to. Isn't that good? I heard that recently. I thought, man, that, that's amazing. We can't be, you know, sometimes we're just told to take authority over the devil and just speak a, a scripture or something. That has no power at all if we're yielding to him. And every time we yield to anger, every time we yield to a response that is not from God, we're, we're, we're abdicating our authority. We don't have no power. It doesn't matter if we're the, the male in our home. We've just given it up to the one that we're supposed to have authority over. Job 36, 13. The godless in heart harbor resentment. What is a harbor? That means you kind of hang on to it a little bit. It's a place for something to, to go to stay through the winter. Right? It's, it's a residence. It's a harbor. There can be none of that. Oh, it's so wonderful. The name of Jesus frees us from resentment freeze us from irritation freeze us from frustration takes us to a place of peace in the love of god amen can you see how this is preparation for success amen it's it's positioning for success somebody will somebody will want you because they they, they this is what did you call it the 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 i factor we were talking, we went to a basketball game yesterday. It was kind of cool. Anybody go to the Spurs? I encourage you to go to the Austin Spurs over here at the, the Cedar Park. It's not the Cedar Park, H-E-B Center. Um, it's it's kind of neat because there's only a few hundred people that go to these games. And you can sit pretty close to the court. And I, we, we watched these guys that were, one of them was a first-round draft choice for the Spurs, for the San Antonio Spurs. And then we started noticing these other players. And um, uh, it was kind of cool because I watched a little bit of the Spurs game last night. And some of the people that we saw in the game yesterday at HEB went and played on that game too. So it's, it's, it's not like they're just wannabes. They're bees. They're, they're, they're there. They're actually doing stuff. But we got to talking about how... How, you know, you can, you can be in a game where you, you haven't even seen these players play before. But, man, you can just tell by watching them. It's 
Something's different about that person. What'd you call it? But you said there's all these stats and everything. There's all these stats, but then there's the eye factor. The eye test. You know, you know how we actually we were talking about football, weren't we? You know how there, there's all these quarterbacks. I don't know if you guys are familiar with football at all, but we actually have some really good quarterbacks that have come from, uh, well, actually right here in Austin. Baker Mick, Mayfield, Nick Foles, uh, and, and Drew, Drew, Drew Brees. <laughs> Drew Brees. They all came from, what was it? All in Austin. Okay. I'll get through this. We're, we're, we're getting close, so. But these guys are little guys. They're not supposed to be good. You're supposed to be big and tall and strong, and, and, and you got these little guys with smaller hands. They're not, they're, not, they're not coming up to all the qualifications of what a, a big quarterback should be. Happens in basketball, too. That's what's really cool. Is you can take a little guy, and he can, he can go right over. And what are they, what are they passing? They're, they're, this is some, there's something about them. They, they, don't, they don't meet all the qualifications. They, there's just something about them that's different. And you know what? That's the something, the very similar something. It's the Spirit of God in you. When you begin to yield to the Spirit of love in your life, you're going to start to pass an eye test, and people can, will say, I, I can't qualify you any other way, but there's something about you. There's something about you. And what it was was you just simply yielding. And not yielding to the, the spirit of death and destruction. Now, sometimes we think about the, the, the enemy wants to steal and kill and destroy. And we're thinking about us. You know what? He wants to steal and kill and destroy somebody through you, through your anger that you would display towards somebody else. You can crush somebody with a word. Right? While, the, while God's wanting to bring life to them. Good water and bad water don't come out the same well. Only the good things. Are you okay this morning? Has this been all right? All right, can I get, just give you a couple more? Hot-tempered person stirs up conflict, but the one who is patient calms uh, a quarrel. Ephesians 3.17. And I'm going to just read this, this again on the way out, because this is our heart. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Can you just do one thing with me? Can we say this together? And where it says you, can we put me? Can we just make this a confession? Say this together with me. That Christ may dwell in my heart by faith. That I being rooted and grounded in love. Oh, you want to say it after me? Oh, I'm sorry. I, I've got a t double tap. Okay. All right. Can we say it together this time? All right. That Christ may dwell in my heart by faith. That I being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height? And to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that I might be filled 
with all the fullness of God. Amen? This is Paul's prayer. It's a prayer that's effective to us today. But what has taken place, this rooting and grounding, man, we have to be going towards it. It has to be our purpose. It has to be what, our passion. Amen? What I like, it's a principle that's very similar to, to tithing, to giving, that Zach was testifying today. Every time you put a, a, every time you put a promise of God into effect, it has a, a, a direct outcome. Amen? And just as, as God said, prove me in your money in Malachi, I believe he's saying this to us also. Do you want to know the fullness of God in your life? There's a way to. Become rooted and grounded in love. Yield instead of yielding to the enemy when your anger is rising up. As soon as there's an opportunity for frustration to begin to, to elevate, let's put it to death. Amen? Let's put, let's, let's put that stuff to death where it cannot live anymore. You know, anger can't live in the soil of love. Anger can't continue. It will just die. Take us there, Father. Father, we thank you for this. This message you've given us. This law that you've given us. This, this way that's been given us through love. You lift our eyes off of ourself. You, you take them to the objects of your heart and your passion that are all around us. The, the body that we've been born again into. And, and you, you give us an opportunity for the, for the life that, that Jesus came to give. The life of abundance. To just not be kept in a realm of material things that we're just lusting after. But for them to come from a wealth of life that you have on the inside of us. That wherever we're, we're, we go, we carry with us the eye test. We carry with us the spirit of truth spirit of love Lord I thank you that this is not something that you're asking us to just be wishy-washy weak afraid no God it's, it's completely opposite from that we're not afraid of anything because we're, we're strong in the Lord and in the power of his might because we're yielding to the one who gives us authority over every work of the enemy. Father, I thank you that every day we can grow in this. As our bodies get older and we might not be able to do something else, Lord God, I thank you that in our spirits we just get stronger and stronger. We're renewed day by day by the truth from your word. And I pray, Father God, that there would be in, in, in each one of our lives here today fruit that comes from the truth from your word in our lives. 
that where the enemy used to have a foothold, a quick foothold, one, one that we gave him very easily, that we're used to giving him, that it's just natural for us to do. Lord God, I, I pray that there would, there would be an arrested spirit because of your truth today, that you would, you would, by your spirit of truth, you would bring to our remembrance not just in our minds, but in our hearts, Lord God, that we don't have to yield to that anymore. We don't have to harbor resentment. We don't have to harbor and allow to turn into a fit of frustration with somebody in our life. But that you're calling us to the winner's podium. Where we triumph over all those things and every weapon formed against us cannot prosper every opportunity the enemy puts in our way to display folly we can overcome it by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony Lord I, I speak that I see it over each person here today that this year, year will be a year becoming more and more rooted and grounded in your love and more and more filled with the fullness of the knowledge of you in every part of their life I speak that over them now life prosperity spirit soul and body and I also speak Father God for fruit through them as your love is flourishing in their life, Father God, I pray that there would be display of God's nature to the world around them. Jesus would be lifted up and the people would be drawn to him as they yield to you in this area of their life. Where they'll say, something's different about them. They don't react like they used to. Thank you for today, Lord God. Thank you for each person that's here. I believe it's by the direction and the drawing of your spirit. I pray that they'd have a blessed day. And I pray, God, that their steps throughout this year would be ordered by you to a place of their greatest fulfillment in your hand. I give you thanks for it in Jesus' name.